Welcome to 20 Minute Bible Study, a teaching podcast from Faith on Hill Church. My name is Adam, and while you, while I get 20 minutes on the clock, why don't you turn in your Bible to the book of Exodus chapter 15? Well, last week, we saw that the people of Israel have crossed the Red Sea and they responded in worship. And we looked at the song of Moses and the song of Miriam. But this week, we get into everyday problems. The crossing of the Red Sea is one of the most well-known remembered and miraculous events in the Bible. Yet, it only happened once. If you were alive, if you lived for 70 years, that was one day of your life. One day. Most of life is like that. I can look back on Red Sea moments in my own life. Moments where God's provision was miraculous, where God's Spirit moved in a powerful way. But that is not the daily norm, nor has it been for believers throughout the centuries. The challenge for believers is for us to walk faithfully in the small things, to walk faithfully when it's boring, to walk faithfully, to walk rightly before God when nobody's looking, when the mountains aren't moving, when the seas aren't being parted, when it's just another day, it's Tuesday, and now I got to do what I'm supposed to do today. Am I going to be faithful to God then? Or will I only be faithful to God in those powerful moments? Verse 22, chapter 15, the book of Exodus says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled into the desert without finding water. Now, it is estimated that there is somewhere between one to two million people traveling. Finding water isn't just about finding a little stream. You need enough water not only for a large group of people, but for all of their herds and livestock. It's not just the men and women that need to drink, but the ox, the lamb. They all, they all need water to survive. It says that they traveled for three days. Now, assuming that they had a certain supply of water, They had water skins and they had um, some level of of water that they were bringing with them. But you can only travel with so much water. Water is heavy. They were not traveling uh, with motorized uh, transport. They were on foot. They were carrying everything they had, their tents, their blankets, all of their possessions, all of their food, all of their cooking equipment. To carry large amounts of water would be unsustainable. 
So they have probably come to the end of their supply and then they find a source of water. But it's undrinkable. Have you ever been in a pinch, in a bind, and then you think you found the answer and it doesn't work out and then you say, oh, God has abandoned me. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Really, they were grumbling against God. When it says they grumble against Moses, and this is something you're going to see again and again, it means one of two things. Either they believe that God has not taken care of them, because that's who Moses represented. Moses did nothing in his own strength. Moses wasn't a great man on his own. It was God who made him useful. It was God who made him a leader. So either they didn't trust God or they didn't believe God was there in the first place and they were trusting in a human leader. And let me tell you, anytime you put your faith in people, you will be disappointed. If you come to church for any other reason than Jesus Christ, you will be disappointed. I guarantee it. If you place your hope in people, they will let you down. God is the only one who has never let me down. So they grumbled against Moses. So Moses cried out to the Lord, and Yahweh showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it in the water, and the water became fit to drink. This is miraculous. I, again, make no apology for believing wholeheartedly in the supernatural. Moses did the right thing. Do you know when, when times of trouble come, times of struggle come, you know what my inclination is? It's to talk to people. That's how I process things. I'm going to call somebody. I'm going I'm to go see somebody. I'm going to talk it through with somebody so that my brain can process. My first default, if I'm honest, is not to pray. And that's something I've been trying to change in my own life. Moses cried out to the Lord. He grumbled up. And the Lord gave him the answer. Now, the Lord's answer might have seemed stupid. What, take a piece of wood and throw it into the dirty water? Just going to make it dirtier. But he did what God said to do, and it worked. This is miraculous. There is no, don't go around, if I just find some wood, that'll clean up some, some polluted water. Don't go around doing that. But he did what God said to do. And then God reminds the people, if you listen carefully to your God, and do what is right and pay attention, I won't bring on you the plagues that I brought on Egypt. What God is saying is, just because I delivered you, don't think that I can stand sin. Don't think that I can stand rebellion to me. What God is telling the people is just because I brought you out of Egypt, don't think you're so much better than the Egyptians. You could be them very quickly. So God brings this uh, miraculous thing. Their water is supplied. And then he brings them to Elam, where there are 12 streams, 70 palms, and they camp near the water. So there is enough water for everyone. This was just enough to get them by. And then they get to the place where, oh, this is exactly it. It was so good, we gathered 
you know, a few weeks back, we had our first church service after months of not having church. And online church is great. I mean, right now I'm recording a podcast. But to be with the people of God, you know, a few weeks ago when we gathered together, and just said, oh, this is good. God's plans are for good. But it might be that you're just in a sustaining season right now. You have to trust that God will provide for you. The issue here isn't an army chasing them down. The issue here is, am I just going to have a water to drink this morning? You have to trust and be faithful during those boring days, those average days, those days that no one will remember. But there will be a great reward. I believe that. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out from Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out to this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. This is amazing. Less than two months ago, they were enslaved. They were whipped and beaten by their slave drivers. They had no freedom. The Pharaoh, just 40 years before, had ordered the death of all babies under the age of two. They had been the victims of an attempted genocide. And now they're telling stories of how great it was in Egypt. Human beings are funny that way, aren't we? We have a tendency to look back and remember things better than they were, or sometimes worse than they were. But either way, it's not accurate. Oh, it was so good. It was so wonderful. Nothing ever happened that was bad. But it's not true. God brought them out of slavery and bondage. And yet there is a temptation that we all face. God has brought us out of the world and we look back on the world longingly thinking, oh, it was so good. It was so good. I had more money or I had more friends or I had this or that. It was so much better when I didn't. Just, just plug me back in. I want to go back. Verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So what God is saying is, you're grumbling, but I'm going to take care of you. God's ways are good. When you think about, there is a, a feeling, a sense that, that is sometimes expressed that Christians miss out on things. We miss out on the good time because we're following God. We see the pictures of our friends out and they're all laughing and smiling and they're having a good time and they're, they're, they're getting drunk and they're partying. Uh, they're enjoying sexual pleasure and they're uh, 
doing what they want, when they want. And here we are, Christians, and we're just missing out on the party. God's ways are good. God's ways are better. And God will provide. So what happens is we look back on Egypt. We look back on our old lives sometimes, and we think that they were better than they were. And God is providing, and God's ways are better. Now, I can't convince you of that. That's something that you will have to wrestle with between you and God. But I know this. I know this to be true. That I have never met somebody who spent years and years and years trapped in sin, and then they experience the freedom of Christ, and they go, oh man, but you know, I'd really like to go back to being wasted and hungover. I'd really like to go back to feeling horrible in the morning. I'd really like to go back after a night of transactional sex, and, and I just wish that, you know, uh, I wish I could go back to that. No, it's better Now, I'm not going to lie. Might you be missing out on a good time? Yes, for the short term. Yes, for the short term. There is a reason people chase a high. It feels good the first time. It feels good. It's a good time the first time, maybe even the second or third. It's that 10th, 20th, 50th time. It's the bondage instead of the freedom. God's ways are true. He says, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. I'm going to provide. What need do you have that God will not provide for? They are not in an easy place when God says this. They are on a hard road traveling through the wilderness. Now, this is a test for them. God says, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for six days. And on the sixth day, they are supposed to take in double what they take in every other day. And then on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, the day of rest, they aren't supposed to take anything in. And this is a test. Are you going to follow what I say to do? And what that means when he says in verse 4, on each day they are to gather enough just for that day, what that means is that God's testing them. Are you going to gather enough for that day, or are you going to take a little extra? Set aside a little extra just in case, that plan B, just in case God doesn't take care of you like he says he's going to. And on the, seventh, on the sixth day, will you take twice as much? Because I've told you, it's okay, this is the day to do it. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that the Lord who has brought you out of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that he has heard? Excuse me, it's hard to read this way. Let me move this here. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread, all you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. I believe this is true. I also believe this is dangerous. 
you are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. There's another verse from 1 Samuel. Touch not the Lord's anointed. And I have seen leaders in the church abuse these verses so that nobody can rightly call them out for sinful behavior so that there can be no accountability or transparency in their lives. Those are dangerous verses when abused. I fully acknowledge that. That being said, I do think that there, there is some truth to that. I can grumble, but the leaders that God has placed in my life, the authorities that God has placed in my life, if I believe that God has placed them there, then, then I'm only grumbling against God. Now, I'm the leader here. Does that mean that anybody grumbling against me is really grumbling against God? Well, that's between you and the Lord. I do know this. Um, there are times when people grumble against the thing God is doing. I, I can't speak to my own situation. I think that would be too much of a conflict of interest. But I know this. Years ago... Angie and I were part of a church, and one of the leaders, one of the pastors on staff was fired. And he needed to be. It was the right thing to do. And for different reasons, Angie and I weren't married yet. We weren't even dating yet. Uh, but we were both kind of in on the situation. And the leadership of the church made the decision that since the sin wasn't public and there was no predatory thing, there was no like, you know, it wasn't like he had abused power and, and he hadn't slept with anybody in the congregation. There was, no, there was nothing like that. So they decided to not publicly shame him and his wife. And some people knew and, and then the rest, you know, was kind of kept quiet. But I remember somebody who was like the biggest fan of this pastor. And a few weeks later, I saw them at church, and I, I was talking to them, and I said, I'm honestly, I'm surprised you're here. I thought you would leave. And she said something that I thought was so wise. She said, I trusted the leadership of this church before. And since I don't have a reason not to right now, I, I trust them now, even though this hurts, even though there's a lot of questions. And, and they, she went with her questions, and they walked her through stuff because she had a right to know some of the things. That attitude of saying, I'm going to trust the leaders that God has put in place. I have to do that at the denominational level. There are times where our leaders at the denominational level frustrate me. And I have to trust that the Lord has his plans in place. And we have systems and checks and balances and all those things in place so that, you know, I can't become some sort of abusive spiritual dictator but I'm just going to try to lead in humility as best I can. I do know this. I can complain about my spouse. I can complain about the leaders at the denominational level. I can complain about pastors and leaders in other churches. All I want. And I'm just grumbling against the Lord. And he's providing and he's working. Then, verse 9, Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole community, they looked toward the desert, and there the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Remember, there was a cloud, a pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day that was leading them. And the glory of the Lord appeared there. Verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, 
I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites tell them at twilight you will eat meat, in the morning you will be filled with bread, then you will know, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And that evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp, and when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. The Israelites saw it, and they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was, and Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded, for everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, which is possibly about three pounds. Take about three pounds. Measure it by the omer. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the other who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just what they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. Now we'll get into the rest of that next week. But the idea here is provision that God brought everything that they needed. You may think that you're missing out, that there's a party somewhere else, and by following Jesus, you know, I, I'm not in on that party. But God will provide all that we need for life and godliness in Him. I want to thank you again for joining us for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study. My name is Adam. You can follow us at Faith on Hill on social media. New episodes are available every week on Thursdays through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and faithonhill.com. We'll see you again next week for another episode of the 20-Minute Bible Study.